What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Shot Quality Bets podcast. I am your host, Justin Perry. We are recording this on Thursday, December the 8th. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Big 3 for 3. And today I'm very excited to welcome our guest on the show, Greg Peterson, whose podcast I have been on many a time. So this feels a little overdue. Greg, welcome into the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. And man, it has been quite the interesting first month or so of the college basketball season. I mean, you could say that again. It has been a lot of fun, but it has been a little tumultuous. A lot of uh, what we would call unexpected results over at Shot Quality. And speaking of SQ, the model and everything that's going on, we have big three for three. One of the men behind what's going on, Shot Quality, and this highly successful model to start the year, big three. How is your Thursday going? You know, not too bad. Pretty small slate today and tomorrow, so I feel kind of lost. Nothing really to do these couple days, but definitely getting ready for a huge slate on Saturday and should be a fun weekend. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you know, you pull up the value finder and there's what, like eight to 10 games on each of these next two days. We've been so spoiled by Feast Week and just everything, that the craziness that started off this season. I don't know how you guys feel about these small slates. I find them a little bit tricky. I find these lines very sharp. Greg, I mean, I know you handicap you every single game on the slate. What have you been making of, of these smaller slates like today or tomorrow? The one that I found for Monday went very, very well for me. And I think this time of year is actually pretty good. Now, when you get down to like, February because you'll notice this like the day after the Super Bowl it's like everyone's now piling in on college basketball we only have a few games that's when they really get sharp but I think that you're able to find a little bit more value right now because if you've been tracking these teams like I still remember like UMass Long Island teams like that were the ones that were going down on that Monday and I found that the book's they weren't necessarily in tune with the fact that Rod Strickland took over Long Island during the summertime and that there was a whole bunch of tur- turnover and you're able to find some good value on that game. So actually right now I find quite a bit of value with these fall slates when it gets down to like February, March, that's when it's going to be really difficult. Definitely, definitely. It's about the number of eyes on on the lines and we still have some of that I guess grace from football season everyone's not really paying attention to us yet we got bowls coming up on the weekend big three do you feel the same about that do you find that like the shot quality model has you know a better time earlier in the season with these small slates compared to late yeah I mean it's kind of fortunate just because of the volume that the shot quality model does suggest like it's nice to be able to play every game and just like right away and not have to think through it or not have to go in and play like 80 games. You know, I know obviously Greg is playing high volume too, but I think like it's nice to be able to kind of narrow down into a few spots and like actually get to like follow or watch the games um, that you're betting on. Whereas, you know, a Saturday slate, there's little to no chance you're getting to watch most of the games, you know? So I, I do feel like it is easier to kind of like key in on some of these teams and kind of like actually get to watch your bet. Like, Hey, was this the right side? Did the tempo match kind of what I suspected? Like those types of things. Um, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's typically like this, like three times a week, right? We'll get a smaller slate, like three or four times a week. And so I do definitely appreciate those days as well, but not, not as fun as having, you know, 40 bets going on a Saturday, in my opinion. No, it, look, we can all use the break. It has been a crazy start, but let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. 
Let's get into some of the games that are coming up this weekend. We're going to give you a little bit of a look ahead in this episode. So we're not going to talk about much Thursday night, not really anything on our radar for the small Friday slate either. We're going to hit it right on Saturday. Look to some of the marquee matchups, how we're talking about it, how we're breaking it down. And of course, what shot quality has to say about some of these teams, matchups, past games, and how that influences some of our evaluations. And of course, we mentioned just now getting to watch some of these games and you can't watch every single game on a Saturday. But if you want to maybe get that eye test, shot quality is exactly what you're looking for. To be able to go through a game and evaluate how it should have been scored based on the quality of shots taken rather than just did a shot go in, did it rim out, uh, was I lucky or not, that kind of gets factored in to what shot quality presents to you as the information on our website, even here in this podcast. So let's get into some of the numbers right now. Let's jump into some of the games. One of the top games maybe of the entire weekend. We have a busy Sunday slate too, but we'll save that for later. Arizona is playing Indiana, two of the top programs this year so far. This one is going to be in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. A little bit of a neutral site, maybe. What are we making of this one? This is at 10.30 p.m. on Fox Saturday night. I'll start with you, Greg. Do you like this Arizona team? Do you think that they can get it done against Indiana on the neutral court? What are you taking on this game, if anything? It's been interesting because if you take a look at Arizona, Prior to that Utah game, it felt like they were getting a little bit lucky because with Arizona, I just can't think of a team that has been playing quite at the tempo that they have been because Arizona, it feels like it's all over the place, but when they're flowing really well, when they're bearing a bunch of shots, it is a thing of beauty. If they are turning the ball over a lot, you're sitting there wondering what in the heck are these guys doing, but I honestly do think that in terms of this game being out here in my neck of the woods, Las Vegas, that's a little bit of an edge for Arizona because Arizona significantly closer to Las Vegas than Indiana. Let's call it what it is now. The IU faithful, I know them. They are going to travel very, very well. So there will be good representation in this one. But I think the big key is taking a look at Trace Jackson Davis, taking a look at Malik Renu and how they're going to be able to match up with these Arizona big men like Azula Sabellis, like Umar Balo. A big reason why Arizona has a field goal shooting percentage like they do and I believe that they're still number one in all of college basketball, right around 55 or so percent, is because they're able to get the ball down low. When you're taking shots with Tubelas and Ballo in the paint, that's much more efficient than having a bunch of guys taking a whole bunch of threes. Now, I do think that Arizona is still probably doing for a little bit of regression, though. The Utah game took care of quite a bit of that, but I'm very curious by that battle. I'm actually going to be Thursday night taking a look at a lot of these Saturday matchups myself. Would not be surprised if I'm giving a little bit of an edge to Indiana just early on because I do think that Indiana plays a little bit more of a sustainable style. I do think that it's always a little bit easier to slow down the fast team rather than speed up the slow team as well, but also want to see how Jalen Hood-Shafino is looking going into this game as well because I know that he's missed slides too, and that's a big cog for Indiana. Yeah, that is. And to your point, shot quality rates Arizona as the fastest team in terms of tempo this season so far. And the metrics don't stop there in terms of the accolades. Second in good passing, third in efficiency attacking the rim. I mean, 26th in efficient three shooting and then high percent of free throws. So they're getting to the line. They're taking good shots. They're moving fast. Big three, do you think that Indiana is going to be able to slow them up or is Arizona going to get what, you know, they want to get done? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, this is this is definitely a pace war here. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion. Um, 
on what I'm guessing the total is going to open up here. The side is pretty intriguing too. And honestly, these are two teams that shot quality so far is graded out terribly um, on the side. Like Indiana is actually six, two and one ATS against the closing number and shot quality has them graded out at two and seven. Um, and Arizona, who is not great against the number, um, some pretty notable collapses late against the closing number shot quality actually has graded out as zero and eight against the spread. So um, two teams that, I think there there has been a decent amount of luck involved so far, and I mean, the Arizona, you know, like should have lost to shot or to Creighton by shot quality score. Should have lost to San Diego State by shot quality score. Should have even lost to Utah Tech um, straight up by the shot quality score. So Cincinnati, it's not and Cincinnati, yeah. So I mean, a lot of like weird results for Arizona, and I do understand. Like, obviously, they are. I, I mean, they're they're one of the more talented offensive teams, and I think sometimes it takes a little bit for. You know, like they're just going to outperform shot quality a little bit just because of their talent. But um, I I don't know. I, I'm not super excited to back Indiana here either. Um, Indiana, we only had graded out as beating Nebraska without Greasel um, by three last night. So um, two teams that have not looked great by shot quality uh, metrics. And so I'm curious to see kind of how this plays out on the side. Um, I'm guessing Indiana will be getting a few points here. I'm not entirely sure what they'll be getting, or I don't know, maybe they won't be. Um, It'll probably be close to a pick and I I don't really have much interest close to a pick. I'd have to get over possession either way to really be interested in either side. Yeah. It looks like it's probably going to open up pretty tight. Maybe Indiana getting a point, point and a half, anything more than that would surprise me. It's going to be a fascinating one. I think that there might be some room here on the total. I know that shot quality is grading this one pretty close to about 150 points or so. Uh, This one could be slated to open up around 158, 159. Uh, The the Ken Palm number is 80 to 79. So it's expected to be a pretty fast-paced one. There might be some value in the shot quality numbers on an under That's going to be very interesting to see how that opens up. A lot of eyes on the game might mean a lot of people wanting to bet the over. We know the tendencies in the culture is overs, and it's still favorites. I don't know that it should be. I like dogs just generally, but this is going to be a great game. Excited to tune into that one. I don't know if, Greg, you have any other final comments before we move on, but it should be a a great evening competition Saturday night. Yep, it certainly should be. And when it comes to those neutral games as well, I always shave my totals down just a little bit for that as well. So if we do get that high 150s total, that would probably land me on the under because I do feel like this is one of the best defenses Arizona is going to find all season long, especially with the way that the Pac-12 has been playing this year as well. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. And, and Indiana has, you know, been up to snuff in defense. Shot quality puts them as a the top 40 defense in the country. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they match up against some of this Arizona offense. But on to another great, great game coming on Saturday. We have a very interesting one here between Alabama and Houston. Houston has been a, a powerhouse, uh, really doing a, an amazing job covering a lot of spreads, unless you know they run for like Kent State or something. But they have been a team that you should feel pretty comfortable to see putting a couple dollars on. I know Big Three, this is a game that you're kind of interested in. What do you make of this matchup on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right in that Houston is a juggernaut and it would take a lot for me to put money against this Houston team until proven otherwise. Like you said, obviously a little bit of a slip up against Kent State, but a really, really good 
Kent State team, mind you. It's that's not your typical mid-major slip up and and beat them by five. So um, honestly, not really many poor performances all year. Their offensive performance against Kent State was awful. Other than that, they've played offensively, like efficiency wise, really really good all year long. Um, what I'm really interested in here, though, actually, is the over. And um, I know, kind of like the other game we talked about, a bit of a pace war here. Houston is one of the slower teams in the country, whereas Alabama definitely um, top tier in terms of tempo. And I think really looking at it, like Houston's two and seven to the over this year, but shot quality has them graded out as five and four to the over. Um, and then Alabama on the other side, five and three to the over. Shot quality has them graded out as seven and one to the over. And I think like, what really interests me in this one is Houston has been playing really, really low totals. And I think like this is kind of what started to drag down their totals. And I understand that they play slow, but they're very efficiently efficient offensively just because of what they're doing on offense. And if you take out like the Kent State and the St. Mary's game, um, Kent State plays a little faster. Like I said, that was kind of an offensive anomaly there. St. Mary's plays slow right and so like looking at their 53 points in that game doesn't really concern me a lot of their other games you know where they're actually getting a little tempo or bad defense on the other end um they're scoring in the 80s 70s you know and so i think like this is something where when they hit the tempo of alabama like you know that houston's gonna score and now they're running into a team that's much more offensively competent than um some of these other teams they've been playing that have matched that like higher tempo and so i think like the meeting here of like, okay, they play a team with good tempo and a team that's pretty solid offensively. Um, I think that it's just, I, I do think the number is going to be too low here. I mean, a lot of the look aheads we're looking at like maybe a total of 130 here. Um, I understand a lot of that's probably due to the fact that the both teams are very efficient defensively. And I think like the, both teams being efficient defensively, Houston having played small totals um, is just going to cause the number to open up very low here. And I can tell you already based on what shot quality has this one at, that we're going to have it over by more than 10 points. And I, I do agree with the spot too. Um, like I said, I, I think Houston's going to be able to score like they have been all year. And I think Alabama with the tempo that they'll probably try to bring to this game, I think we'll also be able to um, put up enough points. I think 130, anything even in the low 130s is, is much too low here for me. Yep. Um, to to what you're saying, shot quality rating this game, 78 and a half to 68 and a half, 147 points for those of you who don't want to do the addition. I got you. Greg, what do you think about what Big Three just said? Do you agree? Pace is a little low. Do you like what Houston's been able to do? One of the most effective offenses in the nation for sure. Adjusted shot quality at 1.13 points per possession, 13th in the nation at the moment. Yeah, as you guys are saying, if I'm able to get anything in the 130s, even the high 130s, I'd be willing to take a look at the over because with Houston, we've seen them have some flamethrower performances on offense. I know that Norfolk State is not the world's greatest defense, but their team that's been to the NCAA tournament in the past, they put up 100 on them. That Kent State game of 49-44, to 44, what a lot of people don't realize is that in terms of just raw points a lot on a per-possession basis, Kent State is one of the best teams in all of college basketball. The St. Mary's game, once again, going up against one of those better defenses, and Alabama is certainly improved on defense. This is not the same Alabama team from last year where they were giving up 90 points on the regular, but at the same time, I do think that Houston, in a little bit of a tempo war, they're going to be willing to play a little bit faster, and I do find this game to be very intriguing because a lot of look headlines 
they're double figures. And if I'm able to get double figures with Alabama, I'm going to be willing to go in on them because with Houston, I do think that they're the best team in all of college basketball. I don't know if they're as far and away the best team in all of college basketball as a lot of people want you to think. And with Alabama, I actually do think that this is one of the more improved teams in all of college basketball. Brandon Miller has brought them a little bit of a different dynamic. And getting back to just what I was talking about a little bit earlier, this team is so much better on the glass this year than last year with bringing in those freshmen in Miller and Clowney. So I do think that Alabama is going to be able to hold their own. I wouldn't want to take really anything less than, I would say, eight, eight and a half, something in that neighborhood with Alabama. But I'd be willing to take anything that you're willing to give me with double figures. And to your point as well, if we're getting those 130 totals, I certainly do think that this goes over because I do think that you are going to be seeing a faster tempo in this game. Yeah, I am seeing a lot of the models that, you know, we around here are, are pretty open about our understanding of how, how lines are set, the Torvix, the the Ken Palms. They're all bringing this one around eight, nine points. I'm seeing maybe even 10, 11 on Torvik. If we get 11, man, that's going to be a very, very hard bet for me to pass up on. Alabama is definitely going to get their own. Uh, you know, of course, it's hard to fade this Houston team. And Alabama, you know, maybe looked a little bit better to open the season against some of the opponents like Liberty, like South Alabama, Jacksonville State. They didn't have their best performance against Connecticut, but we we saw what Connecticut can do inside the paint and that they just make it really hard to get shots off. So maybe a little bit of a pass there. I would expect them to bounce back from, you know, what was an okay performance against South Dakota State here and, and keep it close against one of the teams that, you know, maybe people aren't expecting them to do so with double digits for a team like Alabama feels a little too good to be true for me. It's going to be great to see how those tempos really play out against each other. Shot quality rating Alabama as the 17th fastest in the nation and Houston all the way down at 342nd in tempo. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty low. Yeah. One more thing here that I have. Um, I, I just find like. The implied team total here for Alabama is going to be around 60. And I think like, I, I like that Greg likes that side too, just because that was the number that really stood out to me on some of these look aheads. It's like, okay, how is Alabama's implied team total below 60? And it's like, yes, Houston hasn't allowed anyone to score 60 all year, but the only really good offensive team that they've played so far, if you want, want to even call them good is Oregon. Um, and they don't play with anywhere near the tempo that Alabama does. And they still scored 56. And so, I mean, I think like you look at this, like this is the best offensive team they've played so far and also going to be the fastest team they've played so far. So it is wild to me that, that they're expected to score on, on a bunch of these sites under 60. Um, and I would be shocked. And that might be the route to play this, honestly, um, instead of just isolating the total or the side um, is to play that Alabama team total over. If you can get anything under 60, I would be all over that. I have a really interesting statistic for you on the shot quality. There's only only Oregon was able to produce more shot quality points than points scored on the floor against this team. So I think what you see in that type of trend is that who they are playing is really just the competition isn't up to snuff. There are shots that better shot makers, more proficient offensive scorers are going to be able to make given the quality of the opportunity, right? Norfolk State, 52 points scored. Shot quality expected 67. So if you're giving an offense like Norfolk State the opportunity to score 67, I think an offense like 
what you see in Alabama should be able to do it just based on the number of possessions that they're going to try to get. And they're a good defensive rebounding team too. It's not like they're just going to get bodied on the boards. They are going to allow for a good number of possessions. So I'm with you guys. I love Alabama's team total over. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the dog and the over. I mean, that's how it should work. Right. And it does here. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game uh, between these squads. A lot of eyes are going to be on Houston. The nine and oh feels like the best team in the country. Probably a really good fade spot. But all right. I think we got a little bit of a consensus. We get one or two of these uh, every single uh, episode or so. And uh, that's a good one. That's going to be a great one. I'm excited for that game. Let's press on a little bit more into uh, maybe some less marquee matchups. But, you know, when you are looking into some of these lesser known teams, maybe you haven't bet on on Grand Canyon and North Texas this year. Maybe you haven't really spent the time understanding how Southern Utah is going to match up against Cal State Fullerton. That's okay. There's a lot of teams in college basketball. But you know who makes it easy is ShotQualityBets.com. The convenience cannot be beat. You log in, you look at the value finder, you sort by projected value, and you easily see the plays that Shot Quality Bets model has ready to go for you to profit off of. And there has been nothing short of profit. The model is 661, 536, and 22. It's a lot of plays, we know, but 71 units in just above 30 days is nothing to knock. Our totals have been phenomenal. We've gotten great closing line values on overs overnight if you play early. It has been another great season. We are almost at our unit total for all of last year. So great time to join the Shot Quality Bets family. You can go ahead and do that. Right now, we have lots of great offers available. Shoot us a DM if you want to talk about it more. We love to bring in new people to the Shot Quality world. But that's enough on that. Let's get into a couple more Saturday games. A really interesting one that I thought we could talk about. Maybe flying a little under the radar, Xavier Cincy. A battle, a battle for that city over there. This one is going to be crazy. I don't really know if you can give Cincinnati the home court on this one. Shot quality is going to be, you know, looking into this to try to get an understanding of how that Cincinnati offense is going to pair up against what Xavier has been able to do this year. Expected line is about two. Do we think that's too small? Has Xavier been too good? Greg, I don't know if you've taken a look at this game, if you have any opinions on the Xavier squad, but I'll go to you first. Do you have any feelings on this Saturday afternoon game? Just in looking at it, I would be willing to make Xavier a little bit of a favorite in this spot just because with Cincinnati, it feels like they're an inconsistent offense right now. One thing I will say about Cincinnati is that this has always been a team that as long as Wes Miller has been the coach, they do a nice job of not turning the ball over, right? When you just don't have turnovers, that gives you opportunities to be able to score in general. But we've also got a Cincinnati team that they shoot right around 64% of the free throw line. Do I think that that's going to be going upward a little bit? Yes, but guys like Landers Dolly, David DeJulius, I don't know if they're necessarily reliable three-point shooters. And then for Xavier, I absolutely love the fact that they brought in Sule Boom in the offseason. Now, they're going to see regression as well. They're shooting a blistering 43% from three-point range. That is absolutely insane, especially... Jack Nunch, who's nearly seven feet tall, shooting 44% from three-point range. I mean, you're going to see a little bit of regression there, but I love the way that Xavier is able to hit the glass with those two guys in Jack Nunch, who I mentioned before, and Zach Fremantle. These guys have been terrific. Would like to see a little bit more depth with Xavier because after they're starting five, you really don't get a lot out of the guys that are coming in off the bench. But that said, I do take a look at the Cincinnati team, and I like what Wes Miller has been trying to do with this team. And they've been solid on defense as well, but 
just my initial lean here. I just feel like Xavier has a little bit more talent in this spot. I think that it's so good that you brought that up about the home court as well, because this is a battle for the city. Both teams are going to be very well represented in this spot. So I'd be leaning towards Xavier a bit. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting one. Shot quality has this separated by just a point and a half, but that is with Cincinnati getting a little bit love on that home court. We do factor that into our projections. And, you know, this is just a Cincinnati-Cincinnati battle. You don't know who's going to show up more. You don't know who's going to have that court. We might need some reporters on the ground to give us some feedback and get a sense of what it's going to be like in that arena to understand maybe a little bit of that advantage, which has been pretty prevalent in this year's college basketball world. Now, before we get too far away from this game, I will say the total looks to be about 10 to 15 points high, according to shot quality. We're making this one just under 140, and I'm seeing the anticipated open for this game, something close to about 176, maybe even as high as 178. Are you guys with me that this Wait, one 176? I'm seeing a projected score. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, my math is off. I'm seeing One, 79, 77. We're still okay. off. 156. Okay. Thank you scared you. me. I was like, I, where I, can I bet one? Under. <laughs> Look, either way, either way. Look, I'm not going to be perfect. It is always a little difficult running around between tabs and doing math at the same time, I will profess. But 79.77 for an expected open versus what shot quality is having at around 70.5 to 69. That's that's a pretty big discrepancy, guys. Are we feeling like this battle between these Cincinnati schools might lead to an under? I already know I'm going to be looking into this one when the line opens. Yeah, um, I mean, as you mentioned, shot quality bets model has been all over these hunters this year and, and hitting, I think, still over 60% on unders. And I, I think that it's this is a spot that I like too. rivalry game like this. Um, I, I don't think that there's going to be a ton of possessions. And I mean, it's kind of the same as what happens like when you get down to, you know, like the end of conference play where every game just means a little more and you're, you're a little more careful with every possession. And it typically is taking a few more seconds for sets and stuff to develop. Um, you know, I, I do think that you're going to get that kind of boost to the under here as well. And I think to another notable thing, like Greg mentioned, Xavier is shooting out of their mind right now. And I think obviously offensive efficiency is, is piled into some of these tempo numbers. And I think you're starting to see probably too much of Xavier's supposed offensive efficiency um, being baked into their numbers. So I definitely would agree um, with the under here. And yeah, if I can get anything even low 150s i'd probably be all over that i will say too i agree with xavier on the side um at shot quality we had xavier winning um the gonzaga game we had xavier winning the duke game we had xavier beating indiana in that one and so like this is a team that i mean they have what three losses right now um but man they they've played some good teams a um and b i think that they've been in all of those games right and so i think that this is definitely not their first test. Um, and I think they've looked really, really good against some of the better teams in the country. And then you look at Cincinnati who, you know, also has played Arizona, but outside of that Ohio state, I don't know. It's just like, it's a little different to me. And I think that Xavier has been tested against some better competition so far. And I think that they've played really well in those games. And this is definitely a side that I would be pretty excited for. And like you said, I don't think this is going to be a really heavy Cincinnati, um, arena. And I think that that will help uh, Xavier's case as well. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Xavier, a lot of tests, Indiana, Duke, Gonzaga, 
West Virginia, I mean, these are all quad A games. These are big games for them to, you know, get that win at home against 25th, 25th ranked on Ken Palm, West Virginia. That's that's no small win, 10 points. Again, shot quality is going to have its own say. It, we're always fighting the battle of how do you balance the expected numbers versus what you actually see on the court. And with some a team like Xavier, who is second in the nation in three-point percentage at 43 and also 339th in the nation at allowing the three-pointers to go in. So they are you know, like the threes are just flying in games that they're playing, right? Like the national average is 33.4. So you're you're talking about like 10 points of 10 percentage points on offense and another six on defense. So there's just been so much scoring. So I think we are in a really, really good position to see like a, a batten down the hatches, battle your crosstown rivals type of slow it down game. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, but I'm uh, really into this one. I will, uh, if, if you guys have any other games that you're interested in talking about at end this Saturday, maybe even a little Friday surprise, I'll turn to one of you guys because this is a great weekend. You really can't go wrong. We have so many fun matchups. Uh, Big three, anything that you want to touch on before we get out of here? You know, one that I did want to touch on, um, I was thinking Northern Iowa was going to open closer to minus 14, minus 15. I'm seeing this is for tomorrow against McNeese State, um, Friday, December 9th. And yeah, I'm seeing like minus 16 and a half, minus 17. I do want to back Northern Iowa here, but not particularly at this number. So this is just one that I'm going to be watching uh, pretty closely. I mean, Northern Iowa shot quality score beat Toledo um, on Tuesday. They lost by eight in the box score, but shot quality had them winning that game by three. And I think this is a team that, I don't know, like obviously you lose AJ Green. Um, there's It's a team that a lot of people were down on. And looking at their results, especially some of their shot quality results, like I, I think this is a huge blowout spot and so i'm hoping this one crawls back down to even minus 15 would be a playable number for me so that's what i have my eye on for tomorrow um in an otherwise pretty boring slate i mean you have to you have to say that this this mcneese state team they lost to lindenwood by more than this than this right they, they lost by 18 to lindenwood who's ranked in shot quality at 345th. They lost to Western Carolina, who's ranked at 254th in shot quality. They lost by almost 20 points. And now they have to go face a Northern Iowa team that shot quality puts at 137th in its rankings, the 121st best defense on adjusted shot quality. I like this. I think even if it balloons a little bit and that opening line is at 16, 17, I think we could expect a 20 point win. I don't think it's out of the, uh, heavy potential here in terms of how that, you know, the distribution of results could turn up, but I'll ask you, Greg, what do you make of Northern Iowa? Do you think that they're going to be too much to handle for McNeese? I am right there with big three, because if we would be able to get even, like you said, a 15, a 15 and a half, I'd be willing to lay the number here because my number, I personally made Northern Iowa 16 and a half point favorite. As I'm looking at this right now, I'm ironically enough seeing 16 and a half, which for me, this would just be an, let the line marinate a little bit more. If you get up to 18 or so, then it'll be my take spot on to make these 18. That they always play a little bit up-tempo. They've been playing a little bit slower this year. I think that they're going to progress back to where they typically are. The Southland teams, they always play super-duper fast. So Northern Iowa seems like they're starting to get back to their roots a little bit. 
little bit of why they were playing so fast against Toledo is that Toledo gets their tempo against darn near everyone. But Northern Iowa, prior to two years ago, when they had A.J. Green in the fold and everything like that, they were always a traditional, very slow, methodical team. So I'm curious to see how this one moves back if we're able to get back to that 15, 15 and a half number. I'd be willing to back them. And then in terms of another game for Saturday, I'll be the one to bring this one up. Louisville versus Florida State, a combined one win before between these two teams. And if they're willing to give me anything that's below, I would say like 11, 12 points with Florida State, I would honestly be willing to lay the number. I mean, I don't know how bad you guys have for shot quality bets on Louisville, but I just take a look at this team and every single time I see a number, I'm like, man, this number seems about five points too low on Louisville. What am I missing? Oh, I'm missing nothing. They can't quantify how terrible this Louisville team is. So I'm very curious to see how that one shakes out. It is not. It has not been pretty. And, and we joke almost every podcast episode when we were designing the site, we put Louisville as the default team for our trend finder tool where you can go and use shot quality data to uh, compare closing lines to see how shot quality would project teams to do against their ratings rather than just what happened on the floor and of course through a season but we put louisville right on the front we gave them a good old madden cover curse and and it has been nothing but abysmal i mean the net ratings came out this last week i think they were like one of the bottom 10 teams in the country right it is they were 361st oh god <laughs> it is not pretty for louisville no one really knows if they're gonna fix it uh, you know again we we have a lot of of priors cooked into how our model looks into things and we have this one rated right around 10 points uh again that's bigger than what the ken palm ratings have which is going to be around seven so a good three points of edge just in the look ahead and i think you would be pretty smart to go ahead and take it i mean they they don't they don't look pretty it, anything it, of single digits i'm laying out with florida state i'll tell yeah, you that I don't right know now. how you couldn't i don't know big three do you have any objection to that would you tread with caution because of just you know everyone's going to be doing it or or is this a to the wheels fall off scenario i, I mean effective field goal is percentage is 349th in the nation and allowed is 309th in the nation so they can't hit shots and they can't stop shots so what are you gonna do yeah i mean i think i i'm definitely on the florida state side here as well and honestly like shot quality bets model has started to really like florida state which it hurts your eyes to see i guess but i mean if you look at their last two games honestly home against purdue only lost by 10 in the game that they were kind of in in the second half um and then lose by five at Virginia. And so I think like it's going to be hard just due to like the level of teams that they're going to have to play even in the ACC with the Virginia Techs, North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, even, you know, like those types of teams, like they're not going to be at the same level as those teams, but we are starting to see value on Florida State. And I think like this is a great time to buy. I mean, their next game is against USC Upstate, um, which also is probably a good time to buy. But I, I do think that, if they're catching like high double digits, um, just because I do think their defense will get there. Like I do like Leonard Hamilton. I think that he's a good coach. And I, I think that unlike Louisville, Florida state will continue to get better. And so this is a team that as they're catching double digits as a dog um, in some of these ACC games, I'm going to be all over them. And so, I, yeah, I, I like the Florida state side. I think of these two teams, they're going to be the one to come around. And yeah, I, it would take a lot for me to ever back Louisville, honestly. I think that they're a no touch on the no touch list for the entire season. Would you believe that their game score is trending down over the oh. course of the season, Louisville? It's that bad. 
Like oh. that's that's crazy. And 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 Florida State's trending up, right? The game score calculations for them, they have had five of their last seven games as a game score above the college D1 average of 49. D- Louisville has had no games get there and has only once had a game score go above 30. So like they really, really have a good chance of losing this one by double digits. I think this is a, uh, a home run. You, you're tailing it till the wheels fall off. Shot quality is on it with you. Likes the Florida State team. Kind of thinks that some of like the hate that they've been catching in these losses is maybe unwarranted. They did play a good game against Purdue. They did play a good game against Virginia. If they can replicate that play against Louisville, it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a winner for us. So anyway. That's going to be a great time. I just wanted to, you know, take a minute before everyone goes on their way today to thank Greg Peterson, Hoops Peterson himself, for coming and joining us today on the Shot Quality Bets podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. You can find him over at Vison, and I'll, Greg, I'll let you tell the people where else they can find your stuff. Yep, at GUnit underscore eighty one on Twitter. I handicap all these games. I know you guys over there at Shot Quality Bets, you do a tremendous job with your model. You mentioned it. You guys are up so many units, and you guys like follow you much like myself. So I'm always a fan of that. And if you're looking for a little bit more in terms of just other sports other than college basketball, over there on Vsin midnight to three Eastern time, Monday through Friday, I do the Greg Peterson Experience. Obviously, talk a lot of college basketball, but on top of that. Give you guys a little bit of football. Bowl season is going to be in our lives. Since I know that we always like just a little bit of action in general. So I've got you guys covered with a little bit of everything. And then for the hub for everything, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. I, I heard that you have a really, really good looking guest come on Tuesday evenings. Is that true, Greg? I believe so. I think his name, it's something <laughs> Perry, but I think it's an I at the end yeah, instead yeah. of a Y. That guy, that guy. No, yeah, no. Obviously, go check out what Greg is up to over at VSIN. Great set of podcasts. A lot, a lot of data. If you're interested in diving into numbers, comparing models, comparing projections, Greg's is just another one that you have to have in that lineup. I have them bookmarked. You got to look into it. So uh, anyway. Thank you all for tuning in today for myself, Justin Perrier on Twitter and big three, four, three. You can find both of our tags. I'm not going to try to spell big threes, Twitter tag. I'll mess it up. It's in the description below the comments, whatever. Leave us a like, give it a sub, tell your friends about the shot quality bets podcast. We talk about how you can break down the game using some of the most advanced data in college sports. And of course the model is on fire. Go join right now. It's only $20 a week. What are you waiting for? I mean, it kicks my butt almost every day. Makes me question why I'm out here doing it. It is so good. You really can't ignore it at this point in the season. We are up again over 70 units in just 31, 32 days. Please tune in next week as we are back. We're going to be moving to video soon too so check us out coming soon on youtube it's gonna be live and in color baby but until next time i'm your host justin this is the shock quality bets podcast we'll see you next time